From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 290, for the week of May 15th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, our Australian friend Chris returns for more trip planning advice and I chat with Kaylee Rodriguez from Give Kids the World and Brian Edwards from Cedar Fair about the upcoming Coasting for Kids event. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Howdy ho. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Hello. How was everyone's week going? Good. 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 I can't tell you what a great time we're having at Disneyland. (laughs) I really can't. Mother's Day is an awesome Mother's Day as always. Oh. With no Disneyland brunch. Uh huh. Bitter much. (laughs) when, When you say that, when Michael says, Welcome to our world. (laughs) <laughs> so tom what are we going to do today hey, let's let's have a let's do a podcast <laughs> oh yay um any housekeepings oh i've got some go ahead tony well first most importantly our joe's italian ice update remember we have no financial <laughs> but didn't we go again tom yes okay so now i've been i think three or four times and i'm finally learning what like, i want okay order. what i want to order it's because there's no real line, so you don't know what to do, and you don't remember Andrew and the dryer's debacle. He's been back and fixed that, and just got the soft serve. And he's like, "It's the greatest soft serve he's ever had." Oh and then, God. but you it's saw the with me, soft I was, serve. but you saw me and you, with you and me. I was th- I was ready to go smoothie, smoothie, smoothie. Then boom, last we, minute, I got the the orange cream swirl. I wasn't happy with it. Because you're not happy with anything. <laughs> I loved the I was honeydew. Like, I thought it was the greatest orange vanilla swirl. Anyways, but why weren't you happy with it? I uh, the texture. It's it's just weird because the orange is not is more of a. Sh- it's not the. It's, it's a granita. Okay, well, I'm gonna disagree with. It's funny you say that because I was actually surprised at how smooth the the orange part of the orange vanilla swirl was. I was like, wow, this is way smoother than I thought. The issue is that the vanilla soft serve is so smooth and so creamy that it... it they melt, yeah. And they melt at different temperatures. What did I yeah. say about the smoothest, well, well, Mary Jo? Well, to- Tom was there with a freaking beaker and a lab coat yeah, having to say it's melting at different temperatures. I was eating the thing and I enjoyed I want the, it. I want, the, I want the smoothie next time. Yeah. Anyways. You said it was, so that, um, that was gelato, Nancy, but it's it's re- the thing is it's real ice cream. It's not ice milk. Yeah. And so it's that's why it's so creamy. Well, it has almost a, it had almost a texture to me like um, marshmallow cream. Yes, almost. I, that almost. was just the it was the most unusual soft serve I'd ever tasted, and I I guess I've never had soft serve gelato. I've had regular it's not gelato. Soft serve gelato. It's it ice isn't? cream. No, it's. It's real ice cream. It's just well, remember if you gelato if you is real ice shows, cream. <laughs> no, but it's not gelato. gelato. 
It's just it's the temperatures and the creams that they use and stuff. Yeah. Now that we're experts. <laughs> Thank you to our new sponsor, Joseph. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anaheim and Garden Grove. Have we ever discussed Doritos and the Disneyland connection? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Then I don't have to, anything to share. <laughs> I was all proud. I found an article and a story, and I can't read Charles it. Charles Phoenix now... told us about that um, yep. in his presentation. Wait. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, some of us weren't there. <laughs> no, we, we no, didn't you talk weren't. about it on the show. How the, basically they were invented at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, we have Casa de Fritos. All right, well, never mind then. I'll just cool. close on the tab. <laughs> it's I'm fine. I'm glad you're taking this thing seriously, Tony. So well, funny. no, it was it wasn't me looking for stuff. I found him. Like, oh, this is good. I should share this to the podcast. Uh, but not but everybody's heard the story. So since. We've heard it, but not G- everybody's heard reader's, it. G- give us okay. the Reader's Digest version, Tony. Well, no, because it's a really well-written, this person's blog article, and it was just posted. Okay. Shortly after Disneyland opened in 1955, I'll go fast. The founder of Frito-Lay got permission from Walt Disney to open up, everybody, Casa de Fritos, Fritos. which yeah. I just think they should reopen because I love the name. <laughs> Casa de Fritos. Um, With the Frito bandido. And then... Um, yeah, Casa de Fritos contacted their tortilla production company called Alex Foods, and one of the salesmen making a delivery noticed that there were stale tortillas in the garbage and gave the cook a tip, hey, fry them and sell them as chips. And then Casa de Fritos started selling the fried seasoned chips to enormous success, but didn't tell the Frito-Lay company. Because did we talk about that? No, maybe, hopefully. A year later, the new VP of Frito-Lay... Dropped by the restaurant without warning and saw so many people eating it, and he thought of the profit potential, and he christened them Doritos, and made a deal with Alex Foods to produce them as a snack. And then eventually, Alex Foods got pushed kind of to the side, and Dorit and Doritos were um, produced the rest of the way. However, what's interesting is uh, the guy who was the VP. Now this is unrelated to Disneyland, really, but Clark West, the um, VP. Of Frito Lay that found that discovered the Doritos in terms of at Disneyland and pushing them out. Um, he's always loved the Doritos. Like I said, he's always loved the Doritos. Mm. And, um, he, um, at his funeral, at his request, his daughter threw Doritos into the grave after him. Aww. So there you go. There's my nacho cheese. Cool. Now, see, we well, didn't know that. Story. Well, no, okay. He, his, he always liked the plain corn. Okay. But he actually kind of liked the Cool Ranch, which surprises Those me. Plain corn are hard to find, too. I know. But, um, oh, and he did not like the cheeseburger flavored ones. Shortly mm-hmm. before he died, apparently he tasted a cheeseburger flavored Dorito and spat it out. Oh, ew. I don't even remember cheeseburger flavored Doritos. I know, but I kind of want to try them. But we all certainly remember chicken and waffles flavored Lay's potato chips. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I'm looking at Casa de Fritos. I'm like, wow, they've really not done a lot to that plate. Like, they're, they're, it just looks similar. Oh, no. Like, it's way different than when it... It's way different, but there's pieces that remind me of... Well, that's good. Just saying. Okay. I feel like you did Sorry a Paul Harvey idea. moment. That's what I... And now you know. The rest of the story. Wait, I'm still pausing because I'm, I'm Paul Harvey. <laughs> The rest of the story, I should have said the rest and then pause for 10 minutes. Every morning going to school, my dad used to listen to that. With I always remember those. Oh, I love Paul Harvey. 
Okay. Thank so I, I don't know if that's whatever. That wasn't really rapid fire. That was just a cool blog entry that from cool. somebody else. Cool. I found it on a tech blog. You find weird stuff on tech blogs now. but Apparently. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, Coasting for Kids is coming up in what, three weeks or so. Tony, are you going to sign up? I I know I'm a, I'm the worst at committing anything. I I'm pretty sure I'm going to sign up. Okay, cool. So once the job situation is in hand, then I'll know. It's a Sunday. I, it's a Sunday. You, you don't need. To I might be Sunday. praying for the job on that <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> job on Sunday. Okay. But we got a big group coming coming to Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, 12, 13, 14 people coming to Knott's Berry Farm. We have people coming from uh, that Cedar Fair Parks all over the country. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes page to information on that. We'd love for you to, to join us at at a Cedar Fair Park to, to Coast for Kids. Or if you can't do that, please consider donating. And all, like, all that money goes to Give Kids the World, and it's a great cause. Also, don't forget our Arizona meet that's coming up in October, the 24th to the 26th. We'll also have links in the show notes to that. That's going to be a great time there in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, any other housekeeping? I have a little I story, do. but I'll tell it after uh, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Well, in my seg, thank you, Mary Jo. In my segment on the Walt Disney Family Museum's presentation on animation directors and women in animation, I right. talked about Disney animation artist Lorelei Bove. She is the artist for a new Disney Pixar book, No Slurping, No Burping, A Tale of Table Manners. This book is targeted um, for four to eight-year-olds, and it's a very comical story about two children who must teach their parent how to adopt an appropriate table-side manner. Now, in spite of the father's sort of comical oafishness, it's clear that the children's best bet for learning table manners is their own parents. And at the end of the book, there are uh, sort of uh, rules for table manners that children can learn. Now, this book is the first of a series of children's books created by animation artists and storytellers from the Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Animation Studios. The Animation Studio Artists Showcase program gives employees the opportunity to bring their artistic talents to the page in picture books featuring original art and characters. The publishing program was the brainchild of John Lasseter, chief creative officer of the Walt Disney and Pixar Animation Studio. The Pixar Animation Studio Artist Showcase releases its first book in September with Over There, a friendship story starring a shrew and a mole by Pixar production designer Steve Pilcher. So I've already ordered um, both books for my granddaughters. So I'm looking forward Aww. to um, sharing those with her. That sounds cool. Very yeah. cool, Michael. Thank you. Rachel? Um, just a little story. My friends and I had gone to the Disneyland. We went, we went to Disneyland. And on a Friday, found out that my friend was blocked out because she had a Southern California pass. Mm-hmm. So she was going to buy the one-day supplemental and we told her don't waste the money so we just hung out at the downtown disney i went through all the shops and decided to see a movie so we went inside amc theaters there to go see the other woman and we're watching what was her name (laughs) i don't know and i'll tell you why i don't know we're sitting there and we're watching the previews and they had some really weird previews going on and we were looking at them and my girlfriend Brenda kept saying, well, that's a movie I'm not going to watch. And we were, I just 
it was just really weird. Come, turns out that they had programmed the wrong movie. So we were there for a horror flick instead of a comedy that we had, we were there to see. So my friend stands up and we're like, Oh my gosh, we're in the wrong movie. So she announces to everybody, we're in the wrong movie. We're leaving. And all these women, cause the theater was full of women were, they asked us, so, Oh, were you here to see the other woman? And we're all like, yes, yes. So they went and they got the manager and I just want to give AMC kudos. They not only refunded our money for that movie because they could, we couldn't see that movie because they had programmed it incorrectly. So they gave us a pass to come back and see any AMC theater we want to see a um, movie at any AMC theater. And they told us we could watch any other movie we wanted to that day. So wow. AMC That's really, cool. it was very cool. And, and we ended up watching brick mansions and it was, we were the only women. It was all men in there. It was really funny. But, um, you know, I had a similar experience up here. We, uh, I went to see Captain America in 3D IMAX and I'm sitting there and I, the, the endless previews start. I mean, really, there has to be some sort of limit to how many previews they show. It's like 25 minutes worth. And I'm thinking how odd that in a 3D film, the, previews aren't in 3D. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, everybody has 3D glasses. And then suddenly transcendence begins to play. Oh my God. Oh my. Thinking, what? And so I thought I've walked into the wrong theater. So I walk up and I leave and so do a number of other people. And I look at the little electronic marquee above the door and it says Captain America 3D. And so we get some little you know, 16-year-old who works there and let him know and he gets the manager and it turns out indeed they played the wrong film. So they just stopped Transcendence and then put on Captain America in 3D. So they did fix it. <laughs> they couldn't fix yeah, it they for fixed us. It. So I, I just thought it was another... Um, so you got like three for the price of nothing? Yeah, we got three for the price of nothing. Well, we ended up spending the refund on snacks. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they So they got their money back, but... They really turned into um, something that could have not been good into a, a right. really positive experience. And we just, we chose our movie. And so we went walking around the resort. And a lot of times people call, I mean, not call, but on the Diz boards or they ask us, you know, on the day that I get to Disneyland and I don't, I don't have a ticket to the park, what can I do? We found so much to do and going through the shops and... Yeah, saw some really cute things, and then just touring around the hotels and and just sitting down and enjoying them. And in fact, we went over to Trader Sam's because I was showing my friends Trader Sam's, even though I have never really been there myself. And two of the women who had been in the first movie were there, and I told them I said it was that bad you had to come get a drink, right? Because it was like eleven thirty in the morning, and um, they just laughed. And but um, we just had such a nice day. A lot of laughter, and again, kudos to AMC Theater for for turning it around for us. Very cool. Uh, don't forget chat nights, Wednesday nights, nine p.m. If you want to email the Disneyland team, you can email us at dlpodcast at wwinfo.com. If you want links to anything we talk about, also links to the show, links to subscribe on iTunes. That's at disunplug.com. Also, go to the iTunes and leave us a review. We'd love to see that. Um, don't forget Podcast Cruise 5.0, November 30th, 2014, on the newly reimagined Disney Magic. Uh, info on that will also be in the show notes. Any other housekeeping? No. Nope. Good. Okay. Over to Tony with the news. 
Disney says two regional firms have peddled unlicensed items. Ew. Disney, well, I think we've read this story multiple times just with different people. Or per, <laughs> yeah, Disney. Daycare yeah, Disney, providers. Yeah. Yeah. Disney has sued two Southern California clothing makers over allegations they made imported and sold fake Disney merchandise according to two separate lawsuits. In Does one case. Cali on it? Yeah, I know. It says Cali. And then Mickey <laughs> Mouse is spelled with, with <laughs> two E's. Uh, yeah, two K's and a couple extra E's. <laughs> um. <laughs> In one case, Disney Enterprises says Huntington Beach resident Usame Baez knowingly produced and sold T-shirts and other clothing items that featured the unauthorized likenesses of animated characters owned by Disney based on a lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in Santa Ana. The complaint says Baez, who also goes by the name... Man, why is this always for me? (laughs) Usame Baez Hans... By his answer, B E Y A Z H A N C E R. There you go. Operates creative accessories. The business, a business at the outlets of Orange. Ooh, we need to go there and see it. The second copyright infringement case filed in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles outlined similar allegations, but with another defendant, the cost, the customizers L.A. Amir Aldib, the company's owner, also is listed as a defendant. Neither Baez or Aldib could be reached for comment. Disney's attorneys did not immediately reply. Reply. I'm having a really hard time with this one. Reply to requests for an interview. The revenues generate. Yeah, I can do this. I swear. We're <laughs> almost done. The revenues generated from Disney's authorized merchandise is substantial. The lawsuits say the company is asking both defendants account for and pay any damages as well as attorney's fees. Get them. I gotta think it's hard now with computers and stuff. It's so easy to make this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, the question is how they find out about this stuff. Like, they can't be the only ones. Right. Yeah. Well, and how do they pick and choose who they're gonna prosecute? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. California's population rises to 38.3 million. During the last year, fueled by robust growth in the San Francisco Bay Area, California's population continued its slow, steady ascent last year, adding 1,000 residents each day in 2013 to bring the number of people in the nation's largest state to 38.3 million. Every county in Southern California grew. Los Angeles County topped the 10 million mark following 0.8% growth, and the city of Los Angeles neared 4 million people after growing by more than 38,000. The report also illustrated California's efforts to keep pace with housing stock, a state research program specialist said. The state added 59,426 housing units in 2013, not enough, compared with a net increase in 2012 of 45,367 units. Irvine added 11,000 residents, not the angels yet, Irvine added 11,000 residents in 2013, the fourth highest increase in the state, despite the fact that it is not one of California's larger cities. Irvine added the second most housing units in the state, 4,186 units, more than were added in San Jose, San Diego, or San Francisco. Wow. There's still space, and they keep building. Irvine is how far south? Um, 20 minutes. Maybe. Okay. If that, Not even that. Like 15, 15, yeah. 15, okay. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's 15 off minutes. the 55. Right the 
Just no. for the people who aren't well, from. It is on the fifty. It's off the. It's it's off the five too, though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's off the five. Um, many of the housing, many of the houses sprouting up around Irvine's Great Park. We can discuss that if anybody wants Orange County history. Um, are marketed to Asians and Asian Americans. Five Point Communities, a developer, placed close attention to feng, feng Shui and ancient Chinese art designed to balance the flow of energy in a space. Tourism, that's why we read it, guys. Tourism has rebounded and job growth has spurred a boost in construction, retail, and healthcare jobs. So, why is this related? Because it was a slow news week, yes. But secondly, because the tourism industry in Southern California and in California as a whole has rebounded. And so that's also bringing in jobs, which is bringing in people to move, which it goes, which in turn will make Disneyland more crowded because all of the locals will, there are going to be more locals going to Disneyland all the time. So that's a nice, it's funny. Cause I remember <laughs> it's positive. Well, I'm just trying to make it relate, but also what's funny is a few years ago, everybody said that we were still, people were still leaving California. I'm amazed at people. I uh, that surprises me, because I don't know how people can afford to live here. I can barely afford to live here. Like at least, well, maybe I'm thinking Southern California. And I'm sorry, Michael. I'm just thinking of my own region and not thinking oh, of the rest of hey, California. Check or, out how much it costs to purchase a home in San Francisco or the rents. Well, I know yeah, that's really. expensive. People live <laughs> well, in Fresno and commute to San Francisco. I mean, uh-huh. oh yeah, my god, crazy. Wait, really? Well, this may be an exaggeration. They live in what Modesto or something like that, and will commute. Oh, it's the same up yeah. here. We, yeah. we, there's people that live in my town who commute to San Francisco. How far are you from a, San Francisco, Michael? About two hours with no traffic. Okay. Yeah, we have the same situation here in L.A. With people live, yeah. they people my coworkers live two hours away. Where do they live in the Inland Empire? <laughs> um. I, I don't know if you know where Hesperia is, but uh, it's by yeah. Wrightwood yes. on the other yeah. side of Wrightwood. Okay, I have. Yeah, I know it's way out yeah. there. Wow. and some live. In, it's in the high desert. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, some li- I have a lot of coworkers that work that live in Mission Valley, not Mission Valley, Mission Viejo. All right. Palmdale. Okay. Well, now, <laughs> and I'm considering moving further away from work, but I guess that's nothing compared to two hours. <laughs> What's uh, heck, minutes? I have a I have a coworker who lives in Port Wyneme that comes in every day. No way. Yes, that's far. He used to live in Fraser Park, and they just moved to Port Wyneme <laughs> within the last year. So yeah. yeah we, Go now, figure. You know what we should do is we should offer a prize to one of our listeners who can create like a Google map with all of the places that we talked about and like <laughs> how long it would take to get to every place that we just mentioned. <laughs> it's a day six I, adventure. Yeah, because we've mentioned like five different towns. Mm-hmm. So and then some. They can see. That's the news. All right, thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire, Michael. Well, I'm taking a page from Nancy and Mary Jo's notebook. I have two rapid. Woo! <laughs> 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 sign of the times. Disneyland has turned Main Street's 20th century music shop into a pin trading location. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the shop has significantly reduced its books, DVD, and music selection and replaced them with walls of pins and pin lanyards. The only, only a single wall in the back of the store remains of the music sh- and mu- movie selections. A single display case holds the book selection, 
and the shop no longer offers sheet music. Um, after the success of the Disneyland 50th anniversary CD box set, you'd think Disney would continue to release rare theme park audio and other classic Disney music albums, but apparently not. iTunes. So, yeah, but still. Well, remember when they had those kiosks in the, in, in the park where you could make your own, make your albums. own, own those CDs, were great. your own mixes? Those were great. Audio. Those were, those were cool. Uh, they didn't last very long, though. I was in the parks and I saw that, and I was I was gonna go back and ask because the the pin shop in Frontierland is closed right now. So I was curious as is maybe it's a temporary thing while the the Frontierland one is closed, but sounds like it's not. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, but and I anyway, I didn't think pins were that big anymore, but I guess they are. So my other rapid fire is for those who work in the military or who have served in the military, you can get a free feral sweet treat. Um, May is National Military Appreciation Month. And for the fifth year in a row, Farrell's is taking this opportunity to say thank you for those who bravely served and are now serving in the U.S. Armed Forces by treating these heroic men and women to a free all-American red, white, and blue Thank you, Sunday. This patriotic treat is a limited edition Sunday that is only made during the month of May and then in October for Veterans Day. The Sunday is made with two scoops of vanilla ice cream, strawberries and blueberries, whipped cream, a cherry and a Mm. tiny U.S. flag on top. Through the entire month of May, any U.S. military personnel, past or present, who show their valid military ID will receive the Thank You Sunday at Farrell's in Brea downtown, Buena Park. Rancho Cucamonga, Riverside, Mission Viejo, Sacramento, or Santa Clarita. Civilians may also purchase this limited edition Thank You Sunday for $7.99, with $1 from each purchase going to the A Million Thanks organization, which is a nonprofit military support charity. And in addition, for the month of May, Farrells will have blank thank you card notes that children can color and adults can write a thank you note to a U.S. service member. And at the end of the month, with the help of a million thanks, Farrells will send them out to active military men and women serving our country at military bases around the world. So um, so go to Farrells, grab some ice cream, and support our military. Nice. Excellent. Yay. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo? President Obama has accepted an invite to deliver the 2014 commencement address for the University of Irvine this June, which is just a couple of weeks away. The graduation ceremony will be held on June 14th at Angel Stadium of Anaheim, which is just a few miles from the Disneyland Resort. The area will be busy with regularly scheduled events at the Grove and an NHL hockey game at the Honda Center. And President Obama... Well, we all know in, in Los well, Angeles what happens oh my when gosh. President Obama comes. Okay, sorry, I got to. It's not just any hockey game. Wait, when is this? June, June 14th. 14th. Oh, never mind. Okay, I was scared. Okay, because right now the Kings and Ducks are playing each other, and I'm like, okay, you got all of Southern California caring about like uh, whatever. I'm just well, frustrated. Well, and you don't know what's going to be happening by June 14th either. And you're right. You know, they could be in the Stanley Cup. And so there's going to be a lot of traffic, and so he's going to um. University of um, California and Irvine is going to be honoring about 8,000 students over at the Anaheim Stadium. 
And President Obama has visited Los Angeles several times a year over the past few years. And each time he comes, there's gridlock. It takes hours for people to get home. And so guests who are planning to visit the Disneyland Resort on Saturday should be aware of the possibility of road closures and traffic jams to the east of the resort. And this will affect the streets around the Angel Stadium and possibly the five freeway south of the Disneyland Resort. So just keep in mind, I'm always talking about getting ways, um, figure out a route to get to the to Disneyland and pay attention to the news so that you know the timing of, of what they do. Because, of course, they tend to close the road before the president's... Um, I forgot what you call that. What do you call that road? Brocade? Motorcade. Motorcade. Thank you. I I don't know why I couldn't think of that. But before they always block the area before the president's motorcade passes for his safety, of course. So just keep that in mind because when it gets busy over there, it's kind of crazy. How's that going to affect? Is is Knott's Berry Farm far enough away? Yeah, Knott's Berry Farm is in Buena Park. That's farther farther west. that's, that's That's the weekend that... Uh, Calco Mine Ride and Camp Snoopy reopen. So that's it's far enough away. They're basically okay. talking around the just figure and Catella and the yeah. and the freeway. Now, having said that, Tom, people who are going north on the five freeway and that are going to be passing the Angel Stadium on their way to Nosbury Farm might right, find that. traffic jams and stuff. So okay. they need to keep that just in mind. Beware. Good point. Carmageddon Part Three. <laughs> Obamageddon. Obamageddon. <laughs> That's something different entirely. Yeah, no, but it's, <laughs> right, it's, it's, it's for his safety, so it's just something yeah. that we have to deal with when he comes out here. Yep. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. My turn next. Star Wars Unofficial Fan Day is June 22nd. It's coming up. Uh, what started out as a protest about the lack of Star Wars weekends at Disneyland is now in its ninth year. Fans will be meeting for lunch at Pizza Port, attending Jedi Training Academy, then meeting at 2 p.m. for a group photo in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. Costumes, of course, are not allowed, but Star Wars shirts are encouraged. Event t-shirts are also available on the Fan Day website, with proceeds benefiting the American Cancer Society. And we will have a link to their website in our show notes page at disunplugged.com. So, lots of unmarried single guys and... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to guys, that was redundant. Never mind. All right. <laughs> uh, Nancy. Okay. Um, hang on. Nancy oh. doesn't have a rapid fire. No, I have it. It's just I'm trying to... She's, she doesn't realize that we go in the same... <laughs> no, I do. I, I lost it, and then I had to get it back again, and, <laughs> and then I'm... Um, my rapid fire is going to pull up to my neck of the woods and go to Universal Studios um, confirmed announcements of Fast and Furious Supercharged and a new nighttime studio tour. Ooh. Now, this was mentioned in a press release a couple weeks ago, but we actually have a little bit more detail on it. First, um, Fast and... You know, they're really investing a lot because in 2016 they're going to have Harry Potter done for um for the parks. I think we talked about Fast and Furious a couple weeks ago with when I think you were off. Right. Oh, okay, that could be. Anyway, did you guys have the stats on it? Um I don't think we did. Okay, well, I have stats. Ooh, they're actually <laughs> that um That makes exciting radio. <laughs> hey, you know. Well, 
the attraction's going to be... Tom. Radio, this is not a radio show. Yeah. Radio is dead. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I listen to radio. Because, because video killed the radio star. Yes. I listen to radio. I know. I'm teasing and you What guys. killed video? <laughs> yeah, really. MTV. <laughs> iTunes. Real world Cancun. Yeah, exactly. Um, Puck. Puck killed it. It was Puck's fault. (laughs) Wow, that's going way back. Okay, can I continue? Yes, sure. Okay, feel free. Okay, so they're going to build this new attraction inside a 50,000 square foot building structure. And it's going to have the same kind of 3D HD um, projection technology as the King Kong that replaced the old King Kong. Um, but it's going to be the world's longest and mo- most expansive 360-degree screen. It'll be nearly 400 feet in length, and it will completely surround guests using 18 4K projectors and a front projection system. So this is actually going to be on the tram tour. So the tram will drive into this like it does King Kong. Mm-hmm. But Fast and Furious is basically going to happen all around you. That's it will crazy. Look like, it'll look like cars will be buzzing past you. Um, they are going to feature some of the stars in it. I don't know if they'll be Not animatronic. The if they'll be yeah, I don't know if it'll be autom- animatronic in part or if it'll be just, you know, in the video. Um but whoa, that's crazy. Now the nighttime studio tour is gonna happen. It's going to feature twenty one different locations and they're gonna engineer the are they're gonna Okay, it's going to feature 21 different locations, and they're going to change up the exteriors at nighttime to kind of demonstrate how studio lighting um, can make the environments change. So they're going to include a visit to the Psycho House. They're going to take their Court of Miracles, which is their um, their old fashioned um, kind of European town area. Yeah, so they're going to have it haunted by either Dracula, Frankenstein, or the Hunchback, um, as an example. They're going to uh, take the Whoville set from the Grinch and uh, make that with twinkling holiday lights and stuff. Very cool. So, yeah. That's, that's I mean, all new. It's it sounds like it's going to be amazing. And then on top of it, they're adding an entirely new and I think I mentioned this before, they're adding Springfield. So they're going to make an inverse um they're going to make an immersive land just like Cars Land kind of um and kind of like the one in Florida as well um at Universal Studios Orlando so they'll have you know most tavern with duff beer crusty burgers mm-hmm. kentucky fried panda something like that so lots and lots you know we talked last episode about or about the new show about you know the competition here in market share and that's just going to be crazy. So, who knows? Very who true. knows? Thank you, Nancy. Tony? C-rolled again. No. So, um, <laughs> no. 
That's all I, so that's the only thing I have. We, we missed well, SeaWorld last week, so... Well, yeah. you know what? They email me all this stuff now, so I'm like, great, I don't even have to look. It just comes into my inbox. <laughs> but I actually did click on it and got some information. Aquatica opens May 24th, and that's their water park, which I forgot existed and sit down there in San Diego. But they're offering for a limited time right now a season pass, which would work through... I guess it's just for the... It says available through... September 28th, 2014. Okay, no. That's when you have the opportunity to purchase it. But you get to use this pass for $40 through um, the entire 2014 season. So whenever it's open, it's just open in May. So I'm assuming it'll end probably October or whatever. Know that a single-day ticket is $40 anyways. So for the I same price as a single-day ticket, <laughs> basically... But I actually think if you were a local, then San Diego, Orange County, Inland Empire, nor like even San Francisco, you know, if you're someone that's going to come down here a couple of times, right. that might be worth it. Yeah, I think Especially so. Especially because it's a water park. It's not like SeaWorld. Like, really, I've never understood because I've had the fun card for SeaWorld. I'm like, I went once and then it's like, okay, I don't need to go come back again. It's not like there's all these great rides. Where the um, water park, maybe. So I just wanted to let people know. Normally, they're um, yeah, it's forty dollars for one. Um, the price for children three to nine is the same. It does not include uh, no free parking or in park discounts or admission to SeaWorld. This is just for the water park. But forty dollars for a summer of water park access, even if you went twice, right? You know, or maybe it's if you're going to do the San Diego trip. It might be worth it just to, and if you're going to stay down near the SeaWorld area, which is where Hotel Circle is, you could just, like, you know, so give the kid, okay, we'll go to the zoo in the morning, and then we'll go let you go to the wa- water, Watica in the afternoon. That's really nice. Just want to let you know. Very cool. Now, if you want a two-year membership, plus, like, they have more tiers than I've ever <laughs> seen with these. There's a two-year membership to Aquatica and SeaWorld San Diego. How do you become a member of Aquatica? I can understand the member of SeaWorld with the whole we're trying to save the world with fish and stuff. But I don't know. I just don't think it's funny. I'm a member of Aquatica. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, there you go. How much, is the two year? How much is the two year? Okay. Well, if you'd really like to know. Yes, please. Uh, yes. The SeaWorld San Diego and Aquatica together, one year is 205 for an adult or a child. Okay. Or you can do adult easy pay of twenty four ninety three a month. Of course. If you do the two year membership, it's three hundred and twenty. Hmm. If you have the two year platinum membership, oh here we go. I let's see what a platinum membership does. You get to eat with Shamu whenever you want. Yes. Um, unlimited admission. Okay. Oh, this is actually not that crazy of an idea, including other participating SeaWorld parks yeah. and entertainment yeah. locations. Free general parking, up close parking when available. You don't need to just have a Volvo like uh, Legoland. Um, a free single day SeaWorld San Diego guest admission ticket per year. Hmm. $15 savings on single day guest admission. You've got to love SeaWorld. Like everybody's, oh, we're going to go visit Aunt and Uncle Barbara. Do we have to go to SeaWorld again? They love it. They're bringing us all the time. 20% savings on up close tours. 10% savings on food and merchandise and savings on SeaWorld animal interaction programs, sleepovers and camps. 
exclusive members only events and previews. That includes SeaWorld Orlando and San Antonio Bush Gardens. Mm-hmm. Aquatica. What was, the, what was the price on the plan? That's actually, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, actually, for the Bush Gardens piece and the other stuff, it's, um, oh, 395. Oh, that's two year, 395. That's, yeah, that's that still not bad, though. If you're, yeah, especially if you're considering yeah. that you're getting Bush Gardens with it. Mm hmm. I mean, of course, that's more for the Orlando show, but... Oh, Sesame Place, Pennsylvania. Water Country, USA, Virginia. All the Bush properties. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good deal if, you, if you're going to... If you're going to go to all of the Bush properties. Because... Oh. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Um, I, Tony, I was going to say, you know, you did that news story a while back on the legislation that was going to ban... You know, killer whale shows at uh-huh. SeaWorld. There, we should do an update on that sometimes because there was movement oh, on that's that right. bill. Well, you can. What did you? What did you find out? Well, the bill was tabled for further study in 2015. Uh, the there was no real reason given, except there is an interesting coincidence. It's you know our Senate President Pro Tem Daryl Steinberg. He's going to term out um, the end of the year, so he's going to be stepping down. Our new Senate president pro tem is from the San Diego area. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not too sure if that's a coincidence or not. But, um, yeah, that legislation has been tabled. So so Shamu can um, frolic freely <laughs> at SeaWorld, California. Now, you know, it's funny you say that because as I was looking at stuff for the podcast, well, actually, no, it wasn't that. I wasn't about the podcast. I was just looking at lame stuff on the internet. But I did see that PETA was trying to have in the San Diego airport a blackfish themed like like ad. And the city's like, no. Makes sense, but now they're upset. But it's just, I wouldn't learn. That's a pretty smart idea, actually, on their part. As you're flying, oh, mommy, I don't want to go to SeaWorld anymore. But, um,. This seems to be getting more and like it, it. It doesn't seem to be going away. But how come I'm not hearing anything about this in Orlando? Orlando, woo, whatever. We don't care about blackfish. <laughs> San Diego, it seems like that. That's the city council's involved. The government, like I know, it's this California. is California. Yeah. Yep. But and oh. we react emotionally to everything. Oh, but I did read we that. There's a ba- there's a baby Shamu on the way. Like one of them's pregnant. Oh. To be stuck in captivity its whole oh, life. Oh, I was <laughs> just kidding. I don't. I was just being a. I'm not that. I just thought it'd be funny. I was just trying to be funny. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> this is rapid fire time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. I'm sorry. She's sad right now. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a new baby. Everybody's going to think I'm like this crazy, <laughs> huge animal activist, and I'm not. I just thought it was interesting. Because well, I wouldn't be promoting, I wouldn't be always having a rapid fire about SeaWorld if I really thought they were doing like awful things. Because I wouldn't want to be, you know, getting people to spend $40 to go to Aquatica all summer. That's good. Okay. Okay, now you're ready? <laughs> yes, good. I'm ready. See, I kill time for <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. This week, um, our thread comes from Mama Two, who's been on the disc since two thousand nine, and she puts last breaks, and she puts last breakfast outside parks. So we had a reservation for storytellers, but now I see they no longer offer a la carte, which is a bummer. Is that true, yeah. 
Now you have to get the the buffet. So what I've been what I've been reading. What I do like is that you can order menu items though on the buffet, like the huevos rancheros. But she writes, Mama Two, back to Mama Two. We don't want a buffet, not for the expense or the quantity of food. I do want a nice or enjoyable atmosphere. And table service. Part of the reason I don't like buffets is having to deal with three kids and their plates. I do that every day at home. Currently, I've switched us to Rainforest Cafe, which is not my first choice for ambiance. But the kids ages 2, 6, and 8 will get a kick out of it. But I also see Steakhouse 55 has breakfast. Thoughts? Other ideas? So I thought I'd go to you guys. Um, I I'll, I think I might know what Tony's going to say. But <laughs> yeah, listen to last week's show. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought I'd go around California and, and see what your favorite breakfasts or ideas are for outside the park for their last day. And I'll start with, oh, what the heck, I'll start with Tony this time. Well, of course, I'm going to say Uva slash Catal, except two, six, and eight. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the issue. Now... They sit outside, mm-hmm. then maybe it's okay. Mm-hmm. But in terms of food, yeah, I would say that my only issue is that they're their ages, but then maybe sitting outside would make it kind of fun. And seeing Nancy drinking the mimosas and <laughs> the red, yeah, the, the Bloody Marys yeah, yeah, early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just kidding. But no, for food, I would say that. Because she said, she said nice and table service. Right. But she has a two, six, and eight. I actually would be more comfortable with a two, six, and eight-year-old at Uva slash Catal for breakfast than I would at Steakhouse 55. Right, right. It just feels nicer there. Did, so, yeah, did there's they, my vote. Did, did I miss it, or did they say where they're staying, Mirja? They didn't say. She, okay. um, she, didn't, she didn't say. She just said it's their last day. And she's asking, and on the on the boards they were giving her ideas, and they were also including outside the resort. But I wanted to ask you I was guys. Say what you, you said. got that those those four right across the street. I hop Denny's, Millie's, and Mimi's. They but were, she said nice in the last. I know. In and case, the last day, you kind of want to say goodbye to the parks, and that's kind of the only, or at least some people want to do that. So I'll go to Michael next, since everybody's jumping in. <laughs> Um, you know, we tend to eat a light breakfast and then have an early larger lunch. So we either stay at a hotel that either has a light breakfast or we, uh, we stay like at DVC in Grand Californian where we'll have some food and usually we eat breakfast in the room. And then we might have a, some sort of a breakfast treat either at Le, the La Brea Bakery or down at Jolly Holiday, if we're going to eat like a big breakfast, we tend to eat at like Carnation Cafe. But this is so outside a, outside the park. I know. So, oh. I, we just don't do that. So I don't have a lot of ideas okay. for you. Tom? Oh, man. Two, two six, and eight? Mm-hmm. I, think you, I think you're stuck at Rainforest. So for you're breakfast? going to if, if you want, If you want sit down... Either do the outside Uva bar or or rainforest because they're they're not going to sit through through Steakhouse Fifty Five. Um, there aren't many other options. What uh, about Whitewater La Brea Snacks? Bakery, La Brea, what's that? <laughs> I would say Tangaroa Terrace. But that's not sit down. Yeah, but yeah, it's true. It's not sit down. But if they wanted to compromise for the feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
of having, I mean, what's more fun than sitting outside on that patio, look, staring at the monorail pool? I mean, it makes up for the fact that, yeah, you have to walk up and order your own and carry some of it out, but they still bring you the rest right. of your food. That just makes I mean, me laugh, not- Nancy, because I'm thinking, staring at the Monroe pole, yes, children, you will not have the opportunity to go in that pole any longer. I, think, I can think of more fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, too. I mean, but if you want somewhere where you're going to have a goodbye Disney atmosphere. Yeah, a resort feel, right? And Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see why that's so horrible. No, Your breakfast I, I actually there. agree with you. Um, I think any of those. But otherwise, Catal, I mean, actually, I'll take my kids to either Catal or Steakhouse 55. They've done both. Um, and while Steakhouse 55 does feel a little more formal and Catal is, they're really good with kids at Catal. I don't know why, but they just are. But Steakhouse 55, this when This is Lily- Goofy's Kitchen. We're not going here. We're going next door to Steakhouse 55. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's another problem. Yeah. I, I I like the idea of the Uva Bar because you're outside in the resort area. I like Tangaroa Terrace. I, I hadn't even considered that one. Well, and, what about Ralph Brennan's? I mean, even. Well, I think with the two and the six and the and the eight year old, yeah, they probably would like Rainforest Cafe more than anything. Yes, because of the animatronics in there and the the fish and everything like that. So, I although would, if they're timid. They'd have to, they need to remember to ask for a place not as scary because that thunderstorm when Lily was little, she freaked out every time that thunderstorm came through. Yeah, I was there with some cousins too and their, their young child didn't like, didn't like it. And so, and you do have the two year old. So probably then we would say what? Rainforest Cafe and if the children don't like it, then Uva Bar or one of the other. I also like the La Brea Bakery. I thought they had a really good breakfast. And again, you can people watch and kind of corral the kids and have your table yeah. service. Plus, you get that Disney service, which is so nice. But we have some ideas on the thread. And if you have other ideas that you'd like to tell Mama too about, please look at the show notes and click on the thread and go there. Yep. That's at disunplug.com. Uh, thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Dis Unplugged. Be sure to catch all our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.